What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Hey Blenders, it's Sean here to introduce you to a bonus episode of Real Blend, an interview that we have with Jeremiah Zagger, who has a new film coming to Netflix called Hustle, starring Adam Sandler. Uh, all of us checked this movie out, really, really loved it, and fought hard to get Jeremiah on the show, knowing that he would bring some really great stories about filmmaking, and especially about uh, coll collaborating on a basketball project, because the action and the basketball scenes uh, in this Netflix movie really are fantastic. But over the course of this conversation, as you guys are going to see, he talks about uh, directing the scenes that he had with Robert Duvall and how special that was. You're going to realize that that he's absolutely a film geek who belongs on the show. He talks about the influence that um, that Raging Bull as a boxing movie had uh, on filming their basketball scenes. And then he tells a really great story about uh, moments when they had uh, real NBA action in the movie. So uh, it's great for Sandler fans. It's really great for basketball fans. And I think it's really great for people who just enjoy filmmaking. But we wanted to bring you this interview with Jeremiah Zagger on behalf of the Netflix film Hustle. Jeremiah, good to see you again, man. Uh, I'm Jake. That's Sean. We both spoke with you the other day and we both told you how much we genuinely love this movie. So we're so glad to have you on uh, our podcast, which is very much a filmmakers driven podcast. So feel, fr feel free to get as nerdy and nitty gritty into the inside baseball or inside basketball, as it were, um, for, for us. So seriously, thank you for joining us. I'm nerdy and nitty gritty. So I'm doing my best. Love it. Terrific. Love it. Um, so, you know, whenever you're working with actual NBA stars, I'd imagine every team that they play for is kind of holding their breath while they're on loan working for you and working in your film. Uh, was there any pressure from each player's respective team to sort of be like, hey, like, don't get these guys hurt while you're having to run up and down the court and having them shoot all these basketball scenes because we need them whenever they come back? There wasn't any of that from the teams, at least from my, that I knew of. I mean, it's very possible that the producers were hearing things um, that they were protecting me from, but um, you know, you felt it from the players, like, you know, I, it, you felt from the players that they were like, my body is valuable and meaningful and it is, you know, my bread and butter and you better, you know, you know, treat me with respect and decency and, you know, make sure that you don't, you know, run me ragged. And so we did, you know, we were very conscious of, of their, um, you know, need to protect themselves as athletes. I mean, I think that that was important to everybody on set and Noel, who was the acting coach was, was an advocate for them in that way. You know, she would say like, look, they can do, you know, one or two dunks here, but like, don't make them do 20, you know, or like, you know, whatever it was. And so a lot of times we would design our, uh, our shot lists on the day, you know, around the, the need of the ball player for the specific move, you know, especially the dunks are really hard on them, whether you realize it or not, it's like when, when you see, Anthony Edwards go up and slam the ball like that or, or Wancho or any of them, that's a physically demanding thing um, that they can only do a couple times without really, you know, taxing themselves. And so, you know, often when we would shoot some of these like sort of monumental dunks, the dunks that were, you know, key moments in the ball game, we would shoot it, you know, with three or four different cameras and we would rehearse it with doubles over and over again. So we would know that the move was perfect and then we would shoot it with Anthony or with Wancho or whoever we were shooting it with. 
Oh, that's really cool. Um, I, there's always a lot of conversation amongst basketball fans um, about who shows up in a cameo or, you know, who essentially gets chosen and why they appear sort of thing. And, and earlier this year, I got you. I live in Charlotte, North Carolina. I'm a huge fan of the Charlotte Hornets. And I got a chance to speak with Muggsy Bogues um, because weirdly, the Hornets had two players in Space Jam and they were the only team that had two players. It was him and Larry Johnson. Yeah. So I said, I just needed to know, like, why? How did you guys get two players? And he was like, well, we just had the same agent. So he basically recruited <laughs> yeah, us. Yeah, it's that simple. It's simple it, like that. It's, it took all yeah, the yeah. magic out of it for me. Is it really that simple? How did you get your cameos? Yeah, I mean, sometimes you're looking for for players. You know, you're saying like, you know, we got to get Allen Iverson. I mean, that's Philly royalty. We have to get Aaron McKee. You know, how do we get, you know, how do we get, you know, Mo Cheeks? How do we get, you know, Charles Barkley? I mean, a lot of it was Philly centric people. So we reached out hard for them. But, you know, sometimes it had to do with relationships for sure. You know, it's like, oh, well you know, who's Luca's agent, you know, we know him, he's a nice guy, let's try and get him in the movie, you know, right. so it's, it's both those things. Was there anyone that you really wanted to get that for some reason or another, it just didn't work out? And I know that also LeBron is an EP on this. Was there ever any talk of giving him any kind of a substantial <laughs> role in the film? Yeah, no comment, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> he's a good actor, you know, he's yeah. been in a few things. I think he's excellent. I think he's excellent. Yeah. <laughs> um so i also do love going I, i'm not i'm, I'm not going to talk about space jam this entire time but the great story <laughs> about jordan when he filmed that is that he made them build a gym you know next door so he could stay in shape and i was curious if your players had any kind of facility that they could continue to play on or even sandler who is a notorious basketball player yeah, like sandler were they active have in between? a place to play always yeah i mean he, I, we built a court in one of the on one of the stages um, we had a court on one of the stages and at Adam's home, I think there was a court as well. So he, he, he had places to play and he would play with the ball players. I mean, they all played together. You gotcha. can do a video of it, you know? Oh, that's okay. Cause we see a lot of video surface a lot of times of him showing up, you know, at street games. And if you look up, there's video of him and Trey young and, um, Tobias Harris, all, uh, you know, all playing ball, you know, Wancho would play ball with them, Boban, you know? I, I, heard Boban is, I heard Boban is dominant in Sandler games is what I heard. That's what I heard. I, I had to be careful because of COVID. I didn't get to go to any of these things, you know, so I, I, I this is all hearsay. I can't corroborate anything. I'm always lobbying for Boban to get more, more screen time of anything. I think he's. I want to make a movie with Boban so bad. That has nothing to do with basketball. Maybe like <laughs> well, a live action BFG I talked about. I, <laughs> anything. I'd do anything with Boban. He is the remake of my cool. giant. Yeah, yeah. Anything. I think it should be with non-basketball. I just think he's an amazing actor. I mean, he was he's 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 an amazing actor. You know, Jeremiah, I feel like between uh, this film and Jack and Jill, Adam Sandler is low key just trying to make sure that he works with every cast member from The Godfather. Like he's just trying to he's just like scratching people <laughs> off the list. When <laughs> you work, when yeah. you've got Robert That's Duvall, like I know that you're his director and you have to be professional and you're there on a set. and You have a job to do and you only have him for a limited time. But how do you not just sit down with him and just ask questions and just kind of geek out for a second. Like, do you allow yourself to cross into fan territory or do you have to be his director? No, no, no. I was fan to the nth degree with Robert Duvall. I like, I, <laughs> you know, I, I refrained from singing all the songs from, uh, 
you know, tender mercies, but I, I was pretty close. <laughs> I, I, uh, I, I went into his trailer to, you know, say hello in the morning and, you know, I mean, I think he's the greatest living American actor. I mean, I think, I don't think there's anyone better than Robert Duvall. I mean, I think he's the greatest. I mean, he's he, Lonesome Dove. Is, I, I used to watch Lonesome Dove at my house with all my roommates um, when we first moved to New York on repeat. We used to just watch it over and over again. I mean, I just love Robert Duvall. And I think that he brings a gravity to that role and to that character that, um, you know, isn't necessarily in the script. And I think, you know, that's that's the Robert, du you know, Will, mm -hmm. Will wrote beautiful dialogue, but, you know, Robert Duvall brought Robert Duvall. And and I told him that and he said, you know, essentially, I know. No, he was actually very humble. He was very humble. He was like, he said, no, there's other guys. Other guys are great. You know, I'm, I'm just another actor. You know, he was, he was actually very sweet about and humble about, about who he, who he was and his uh, position in cinema history. I mean, he's an older man, he's 90 years old, but he, um, he's still, you know, with it and kicking and funny and sweet. And, um, and, and it was just an honor, man. It was like an honor. I, I was, I kept pinching myself, you know, here I am with Robert Duvall. Can you feel oh, like a shit. shit? You know what? Look at this. You see that? Oh, that's oh my awesome. God. Look at that. That's fantastic. Oh. <laughs> that's amazing. That's from the movie. That's, that's the painting of Robert Duvall. I took it home. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Hell yeah. I would take that home too. I was going to add, like, do you feel <laughs> like uh, uh, when someone like that walks onto the set and there are, you know, even like that, that, that table scene, you know, there are younger actors at that table. Can you just feel like a shift on set where all of the younger actors kind of feel like they're they're stepping up because they want to earn the right to quite literally be at that table with someone like a Robert Duvall? I think all of us just felt the weight and the honor of being in the room with him. I mean, you know, Sandler and um, Ben Foster, certainly, you know, they, they talked a lot about Westerns. You know, I think they knew each other's work. Um, Helen High Water is like one of my favorite movies. Yeah. You know, Three Ten to Yuma, Ben Three Foster and Three Ten to Yuma. He's just a wonderful actor and a wonderful guy. So I think you know everybody on the, in that scene, you know, um, was very was very moved to be yeah. um, you know around a table with him. I mean, I, I know I was, and I know all you know Zach, my my DP, and all the operators Stu, and you know Troy, and and we we felt we felt you know like we were in the presence of somebody you know who changed cinema. Uh, at the same time, you're a filmmaker trying to hit your shots. And uh, so can you can you give him notes? Can you even can you give Sandler <laughs> notes? Can you pull him aside? Say, you don't need to give Robert Duvall notes. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to. He's, he's amazing. He's like everything is perfect. It comes out the box perfect. Sandler's pretty perfect, too, I have to say that, you know, he doesn't miss. You know, all I would ever say to Sandler would be something like, you know, a little slower or a little quieter or maybe, you know, or, or he would be, you know, like very slight adjustments. But he knew the character so well. Mm. Um, you know, it, it, there wasn't there wasn't much need for notes. You know, I, 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 I keep saying this, but I think Scorsese said, you know, 90 percent of uh, directing is casting. And I just think like, you know, we cast the movie well. And so, you know, they just fit into the they slipped into their roles like gloves mostly. Yeah, it's very true. And Wancho, too, is a standout. Um, so, you know, talking about casting and a really great cast, you and I were talking about basketball movies last time we spoke and, and you mentioned how much you love blue chips. We were kind of running out of time at the end of the conversation, but I wanted you to sort of elaborate on what you liked about it. And, and specifically, if you took anything from the way that they shot basketball uh, and implied and brought it over to maybe the way that you wanted to, to photograph the game. So William Friedkin directed Blue Chips and the beginning of Blue Chips is um, Nick Nolte walking in to a um, 
to a locker room and giving what you think is going to be like an inspirational speech. And he comes in and he's just screaming at his players. And then he leaves and you think like, oh, the scene is over. And then he comes back and starts screaming again <laughs> and screaming again and screaming again and screaming and kind of doesn't end. And you know, right away, you're like, oh, this film is going to be different. Like, this is not what I know, like what, what a normal sports film, you know, is how it starts. And mm -hmm. then, you know, and then he gives this brava performance, you know, like this crazy performance. And then when the basketball comes in for the first time, when you first see basketball in, the, and it's, it's early on in that game, he doesn't focus so much solely on the basketball, but the energy of the game, which I thought mm -hmm. was really cool. I think we stole sort of that, you know, Friedkin, um, energy game for our first game that we that we had um it, it, you in in germany that was that was originally scripted as the first game in the movie but we um we uh we ended up putting it into the montage but it was the the original thing was like let's make this like giant game for haas and let's make it all from stanley's perspective and we'll focus on you know the the crowd and we'll focus on the the energy of the crowd and the energy of um of the mascot and like you know you know, freaking had all these like uh bands and like you know people jumping around the the uh the game yeah, yeah. I, I loved that i loved all that it was it was um yeah it was it was just full of energy i think that's what really got me and and about the performances were so full of energy and then you know and then shaquille o'neal in that movie is like kind of unsung is amazing he's like you can see it you know you can see how great shaquille o'neal is gonna be in that film you know um he, he's so That's natural and so funny. what i wanted to get into it with you is you know basketball players because we can see them you know that quite often they're marketed on their personality and we've had so many basketball players who have like become either television personalities like the whole inside the nba crew you know, or someone like Shaq, who's transitioned over to basketball. Like, did, did you run into as you were working with the players and the, the different players that you worked with? That you were like, you guys have the ability to become a movie star. Like, Wancho is one of these guys. He just effortlessly becomes a movie star. Yeah, Wancho, Kenny Smith, Boban, um, and Anthony Edwards could be in any movie, any day of the week, anytime. You know, it's crazy. And, and other guys, you know, there were there were other guys we worked with that were wonderful. You know, they would just come on set and they were just wonderful right away. You know, Kyle Lowry was a natural. You know just like you in that, in, that, in that final scene you know we had so little time to work with you know trey young and um you know gordon and 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 uh clarkson and those guys were natural and fun as well i think you know they perform you know nightly and they have to do these press conferences and they have to speak to people mm -hmm. and so you know they they come in with a natural ability now i will say noel gentile our acting coach she worked with you know Wancho for years and mm -hmm. with Kenny Smith for a very long time and with Boban um and with Anthony and you know she's sort of the secret sauce in the in the mix um she you know she she was on my first film We the Animals um or my first you know fiction film and she brought these incredible performances out of these three young boys and so we brought her onto this film and and you know luckily Happy Madison was you know amenable to that and luckily for them and luckily for me you know she she you know, I take a lot of credit for her work, essentially, but she's making sure that these people who have never acted before bring their A game, and, and they certainly do. This episode of Real Blend is brought to you by Marvel Strike Force. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile squad RPG that allows you to battle with your favorite team of superheroes and supervillains in a fight to save the universe against threats like Doctor Doom and Apocalypse. 
Power up your favorite characters and build a team to complete missions, unlock gear and other resources, and even challenge other players in PvP modes such as Alliance War and Arena. New ways to battle with your roster are released regularly and the meta is constantly evolving. And now you can sign on for Marvel Strike Force's new Deadpool Anniversary event in order to receive a generous gift containing character shards, an anniversary diamond orb, gear, and other great items. Better yet, each week during the Deadpool anniversary, players can complete events and receive even more special rewards and skins. If you want to get in on all the fun of Marvel Strike Force, be sure to use our promo code MAXPOOL, that's M-A-X-P-O-O-L, and thank you to Marvel Strike Force for supporting the show. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Jeremiah, you guys were talking about blue chips and, and that being a great basketball movie and it is but I still feel like considering how incredible of a sport basketball is and how dramatic of a sport it is and how oftentimes cinematic of a sport it is it still hasn't quite yielded as many truly great basketball films as I feel like it should especially when you could compare it to like something like baseball I'm sort of curious as to where you feel about like how many great basketball films there truly are out there and if you think that there's like are, are you at all surprised that there aren't more um, well, you know, there's Hoosiers, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, the, that's, that's the, always like the go-to, like everyone's like, yeah, you got Hoosiers, you got Hackman. I mean, you got Hackman. I, I mean, I, I, I don't know why. Um, I mean, there's a lot of great basketball documentaries. Yes. I will say like, you know, hoop dreams, one of the yeah, right here in football. Chicago. Yeah. Steve James, man. Steve James, the, the greatest, um, there's a movie about Sebastian Telfair that John Hawk did called Through the Fire. That's like a masterpiece. Mm. Um, you know, there's there's, you know, the movie about LeBron James. Mm. Um, I think it's called More Than a Game. And that movie's great, too. I mean, there's right. there's a there's a lot of yeah. there's a lot of documentaries about the basketball. last dance. It wasn't a movie, but Last Dance. Whoa, the documentary was. was the last dance. Amazing. How much yeah. did we rip off from the last dance? A lot. You know, what I mean? <laughs> did you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. We, 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 we talked a lot about the zoom lenses that they used in the last dance. We were very, Zach and I were obsessed with, and, and we wanted to shoot the film on film. I mean, that's always my goal. It's like, I loved the, the, the quality of 16 and last dance. I was like, that's what, that's what Spain should look like. And they were like, you know, people weren't as interested as I was in that. <laughs> we um, are. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate that. Anyway. So, uh, so, you know, so there's a lot of great documentaries. So, you know, why aren't there as many great fiction films about basketball? I mean, I will say it's a difficult as, as I've, as I've, uh, you know, discovered, it's a very difficult sport to film beautifully. Mm -hmm. Um, but then I also think it it comes down to the story, you know, and and what are the stories that need to be told? And maybe, you know, maybe there's just some stories waiting to be told that that um, that that, you know, haven't been told yet. You know, you, you said it's a difficult sport to film beautifully. Is it because it's nonstop? Like baseball is a little bit slower. Football is at least start, stop, start, stop, start, stop. Is it difficult to film a nonstop sport more beautifully? 
Well, I mean, also because there's lots of components that um, to to basketball, right? So, like, you know, what we we when Zach and I first started breaking down how we were going to shoot the um, the movie, we started to watch all these basketball films, and we weren't we there was no basketball film that felt like a model for us. We weren't like, oh, that's how we want to shoot the basketball, just like they did in Blue Chips. There were elements. Or there were elements of, you know, the last dance, or or there were elements of, um, you know, of things that Spike Lee did, and he got game, obviously, and and yeah. and there were elements that we thought, oh, these are these are beautiful elements that we would like to incorporate. Um, so we started, but there was no there was no model, like there was no um, there was no perfect basketball imagery. Mm-hmm. You know, we we watched a lot of documentary stuff. We watched like Dr. J at Rucker Park, and and you know, we watched a lot of street ball games. Um, and then we started watching, um, boxing movies and boxing movies are beautifully photographed, mm-hmm. you know, all of them. Yeah. <laughs> and it's because it's simple in terms of the action, right? It's like one guy versus another guy. It's a one-on-one and, um, and the camera can easily get inside the ring with them. Mm-hmm. So you can get very close to the action, um, which, you know, provides a tremendous amount of possibility for the camera to do really special things. Um, and when Zach and I saw Raging Bull, we were watching Raging Bull and, and we saw that what Scorsese was doing and how he was developing the language from, you know, fight to fight, we started to say, okay, this is a model for us. This is, this is a way we would like to shoot the basketball. Um, and, you know, it's like, how do we get in the game the way Scorsese's in the ring. And then how do we make every game feel different? And so we started to test different techniques that hadn't been used in, in, you know, in basketball before, you know, ways in which it's not filmed on TNT or on ESPN. Um, And we spent a day with all, we we made a list of just every possible technique, you know, zip cams and, um, you know, e-cars and, you know, which is like a giant, car with a crane on it, you know, speeding down the court. Um, we, uh, we had a, a tiny um, remote control car called a Tero um, with a camera on it, mounted to it. Awesome. Um, we did handheld in the court with them. You know, we did slow-mo and non-slow-mo. We did, we did everything we possibly could. Um, and we did long lens zooms. Um, and and we took this giant test that we did with actually one of the producers. Shout out to Joe Vesey, who's a um, who's like a street ball. He's, he's probably the only street ball producer out there. But he 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 was like our our test subject, and um, and so we had all these different techniques, and we were able to string them together, sort of as a test, as a proof of concept. We cut it actually to Dan Deacon's um, music, and you could kind of see the movie come to life. Um, and then we we use those techniques and built a language in the same way um, that, you know, Scorsese did um, Raging Bull. And we said, okay, this game is all from Stanley's perspective. This game is half Stanley's perspective and like long lens, zoom, zoom lens, long lens, seventies, and, you know, close up wide lens in the game and tarot. We would say, okay, those, that was Spain. And then we would say, okay, let's build on the language after Spain. What, what's the next, you know, what's the next game? So this is the five on five. This is really a perspective change. This is about, you know, uh, Stanley falling apart and Bo falling apart. So in the beginning, it's these three, you know, 
things that we've established. It's the Tero, it's wide lens, close, it's long lens, Stanley vision. We call it Stanley vision, Stanley from the corner. And then how do they start to fall apart? We like, you know, uh, how does, how does uh wide lens close fall apart? Well, let's skinny the shutter, like, you know, saving private Ryan. And like, as he gets, you know, crazy, we'll, we'll get closer and the camera will get more jittery and it'll start to fall apart. You know, we would do that for every game. So then what's what's the combine look like? And the combine was like sort of like, a, you know, every single thing we could possibly imagine thrown into one game. Um, we had the e-car going and the tarot going and we had, you know, cranes and we had uh, we had long lens, you know, on the zoom lens from Stanley's perspective. And we had, you know, uh, the close ups on the on the rickshaw and close ups handheld and you know, all these different everything we could. And we had beta cams and we, you know, it was sort of like this incredible collage. Um, and then the final I just got game, anxious for your editor. Like I just, I just thought about like your editor, like <laughs> looking at all these shots and going like, what the hell? Well, get anxious, it, 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 be anxious because they were editing the every night. So what we would do in order to make sure that we had the game is we would shoot the day, send the uh, footage overnight to Tom and Brian, they would cut it together. We would get it the next day. We would look at it with the entire basketball team and say, all right, what's missing? How do we make this, how do we make this game better? And that's how we sort of developed the games each time to make sure that we weren't missing any shots. We were, we were editing overnight and, and, and talking it through, you know, at, at the entire basketball team. I mean, I'm talking like eight or nine people every morning is the AD and, um, and Mike Fisher and Oliver and Nicole and Adam and Joe Vesey and coach Bobby. I mean, we're really Zach, me, Stu, the operators, you know, yeah. um, we're all like in a, we're in a, we're in like a huddle every morning looking at these edits and saying, how do we make this movie better? How do we make this movie better? How do we make this movie better? And, you know, and, 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 and all, you know, all ideas were welcome. It's, well, it worked because it's so rewarding. Um, so for all that calculation and all that planning, I want you to tell me that did Adam improvise the trash talk that he threw at Wancho? Because some of it is so far over the line. <laughs> Which trash talk? Sometimes he uh, did. Sometimes he did, for sure. Usually at the times when he was trying to rattle him, uh, after he first experienced his run-in with Ant's character, uh, then he then Adam was like going through training sessions and really hitting him. With oh, him. yeah. Sometimes he would. Yeah. You know, I, he had, he used to, he, he, he has a process where he like, kind of writes some jokes down and like, mm -hmm. you know, works with Joe Vesey and they talk things through and then they would sort of throw them out and like, you know, we, he, they would get to improvise. Um, and sometimes, sometimes he would improvise them. Sometimes he would throw them out. I mean, he, sometimes he'd come up to me and he'd just say, you know, I'm going to try and make you laugh. And he would go in and, 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 you know, just, just have fun, you know? Mm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, sometimes he wouldn't, sometimes he wouldn't, they, they were, they were both. Jeremiah, I feel like there's one question in regards to basketball that um, gets everybody in trouble. And so that's the question I'm going to ask you. Uh, top five greatest players of all time. Oh, geez. Oh, man, I don't know. You know, I number one, <laughs> Allen Iverson. Number two, Allen Iverson. Number three, Allen Iverson. Number four, Allen Iverson. Number five, Allen Iverson. Number you know I live in uh, Chicago, <laughs> man. I feel, like, I feel like you're missing the name. Yeah, but it's about my youth. It's about how I grew up. This is about number five, Aaron McKee. <laughs> Isn't his isn't Iris's nickname the answer? He's the answer. Yeah, I gave it there to you. When I was when I was in college, Alan Iverson, Alan Iverson, you know, won that game one of the finals. I, I remember Alan Iverson's mother was all dressed in camo and 
um, they said, why are you all dressed in camo? She had like a, a custom camo outfit made by Mitchell and Ness and uh, which is a Philly company. And she said, cause we're going to war. And then they, we won that war. And, and since then, you know, for me, greatest player of all time, you can't, I just, you can't, you know, greatest, oh greatest player yeah. of all time. If what if a player from your franchise carries you to a championship, <laughs> I tell you, you commit to them forever. Um, Jeremiah, I'm curious, uh, what is the process uh, for opening night when you have a movie going to Netflix? Oh, that's you know, a good question. A lot, a lot of times. Uh, oh, thanks, Jake. I appreciate it. I'm sorry. I <laughs> uh, you know, a lot of times the filmmakers sit around, track numbers as things are coming in. But we're in a streaming world now. It's so different. How do you plan to spend your opening night? What is opening night? Wednesday? When it comes out on so. Netflix? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, uh, I got to get my kid from school. Then I got to <laughs> read him Harry Potter. Then I got to put him to bed um, and cook. Will you put it on your TV home. and just keep it on a loop? <laughs> <laughs> Drive up those numbers? <laughs> I think the numbers will do fine. I hear Adam Sandler movies do do fine on Netflix. They have in the past, yeah, <laughs> especially on Netflix. I don't know if they, I don't know if they need me. You, you, we could run loops of We the Animals on Netflix and drive up the numbers, but I don't know. Jeremiah, I, I was really pleasantly surprised by how much chemistry um, Adam Sandler and Queen Latifah had as a married couple. Like I would watch like a an entire series just about their relationship it just felt very real and very organic and it kind of just felt like we just dropped into their homes and were eavesdropping on their conversation i'm sort of curious is that something that just happens is it the result of them taking the script and running with it is it just that they connected in that so i just i was really floored by how much chemistry the two of them had together on camera yeah i mean they've known each other for years you know so i think that helped um and you know, I think there's also a, a comfort and an ethos that, you know, I try to bring to my sets and Adam tries to bring to his sets. That's, you know, that's a, it's about it's about having fun. And it's it's you know, they're they're wonderful together and intimate. And and um, and I think, you know, they also infused the 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 vibe on set with that sense of intimacy so that Jordan, you know, felt free to be that way. And Wancho felt free to be that way. I mean, I. I, you know, to me, it's, it's, it's beautiful just to watch everybody in the movie and how natural they are. I mean, I, I, it's certainly, you know, something I, I aspire in my films to have that quality, you know, and so I, I'm very proud of, of, of that intimacy and naturalism. And I do think they make a great couple. They, they, they feel Philly to me. They feel very Philly to me, which is like, which is important. Yeah. All right, then I'm going to end on this one, Jeremiah, because I asked Adam uh, why they chose the Knicks for the team that he would work for and not the Sixers, that he didn't really have an answer. No, wait, for other it. way. But I think I know now uh, why they chose the Sixers, the Sixers instead yeah, of the Knicks. Yeah, yes, I'm way. sorry. The Sixers instead of the Knicks with him being such a diehard Knicks fan. And now I guess I know the answer to this. Is this largely because you're the guiding hand of, of the of the movie? No, no, it's Will. You have Will to thank for that. Okay. Will, the writer. I, when I got the script, the Sixers were already the team. Okay. Will is from Delaware and writes beautiful dialogue and wrote a very wonderful script about the Sixers. And that's what drew me in many ways to the project. I mean, because it was the Sixers, it was more it, it was very enticing for me. Was there like if you go to the Sixers and for some reason or another, they don't have time or they don't really want to get involved. Was there a backup team? Well, it wasn't it wasn't sort of like that. It was more like what happens if the Sixers don't want to do this, we're going to have to figure it out. But there was never like an actual team that was in consideration because the Bulls. Sixers, 
What? The Bulls. <laughs> the Bulls. <laughs> Chicago. Yeah, I mean, I bet the Bulls are a great team. I love the Bulls. Um, you guys had a great year. I mean, you know, it, it, the end was a little tough, but I think, you know, the, 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 you guys had a great run. You did fine. The, the, um, the, the truth is, is that the Sixers were in the script. They responded beautifully. Philly came up to bat with the, with, you know, you know, the film commission yeah. shout out to, you know, the city out. feels like a character. Yeah. And so, and so it was, it was just a go. It wasn't like, it wasn't like we were entertaining other stuff. It was like, Oh, this is what we're doing. We're, we're going to be in Philadelphia. Did you expect to get Embiid? We got him at the end. He's in there right at the end. He's in there. Is he? I didn't see him. Yeah. Yeah. He's in the credit sequence. We, we shot. That's a real game. Oh, is it really? Yeah. So what we did for the credit sequence is we wanted to do because uh, Wancho was traded to the Celtics mm-hmm. in the begin at the at the end of the season, and so uh, uh, Barry, Jeremy, Zach, Spencer, all the producers, we all got together, and we I was like, we need I was like, Barry, we need to shoot a game, um, and he was like, okay, okay, we'll figure it out. I was like, we need to shoot it on Phantom, and we <laughs> need to shoot a game, um, and what we did was we got. Adam and Doc and the coaches, the real coaches all together to film that final sequence. Yeah. And we shot Adam's side and Doc's side and the coach's side one day. And then we came in during an actual game and shot Wancho and the entire rest of the team. And then we just VFX Wancho's new number onto his, um, oh, his jersey. So that's, that's a real awesome. game you're watching. And those are real moments you're actually watching in the game. In fact, Matisse took, I don't know if you, you remember this, the credit sequence. The credit sequence is one of my favorite parts of the entire movie. But when Matisse falls, Thibio falls and gets knocked out of the air, the entire stadium got went quiet. Like everybody right. was terrified that he'd gotten really hurt. And that and then he got up and like they kind of get into it, him and the other player. That's a real moment that happened, you know, in real time during that game. Um, as as are all the moments in that game, but that was like sort of a moment moment, and I was like, wow, that's crazy that we're capturing this. That's you know, that's the doc. That's the doc influence of I think that that some, something I bring to to the film. Wow. That's incredible, Jeremiah. Thank you so much for your time, man. We really appreciate you having on the show, and uh, we're super excited for people to check this movie out. We've been raving about it since we saw it. Uh, it's uh, it's got it, like you, you mentioned the energy. It's just got a lot of great energy to it. It's a terrific performance by Sandler, and uh, I was blown away by both Wancho and Ant. I thought they were both terrific. Amazing, man. You guys are wonderful. Thank you very much for having me. We present. We want to thank Jeremiah for coming on the show and Netflix for helping us to secure him. We're going to have uh, a full review for Hustle on the main show on Friday, so make sure you come back around and tune in for that episode. And in addition to that, uh, we're going to be doing another tier list on Friday. We know you guys had a lot of fun with the Star Wars tier list, saw a lot of feedback on social media. And in the comments underneath our YouTube channel this week uh, with Jurassic World Dominion reaching theaters, we're going to do a Jurassic Park tier list. Um, So I I think we know which one is the S. Uh, Let's just say that much. There shouldn't be too much of a debate about which one uh, reaches the top of that chart. But make sure you're tuning into the show on Friday uh, to get the latest in terms of the Jurassic Park tier list. Here on our YouTube channel, do me a favor, hit subscribe, turn on your notifications. You guys will be the first ones to hear about new videos that we post. Uh, and thank you so much for supporting Real Blend and everything that we do. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, 
visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at hero.co.